from the Far East to the Great West. The podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Broitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. This episode is part three of our four-part subseries on the various games of death. We have a very special guest this episode. It's our first guest uh, ever. <laughs> so uh, we're very happy to have broadcaster, writer, presenter, and general badass, Mr. Ian Lee. How's it going, Ian? And, and if, it goes, if it goes badly, your last ever guest as well. So, <laughs> hey, listen, honestly, this is a thrill. I feel like Mike TV and uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I feel like I've fallen down the rabbit hole. This is my favorite podcast by a mile. Um, I think you guys are nuts for doing this. Seriously, you need help. But um, I'm thrilled to be here, man. I, the, the whole Bruce Lee, Bruce Bloitation genre, ever since the age of about 13, when I, 12, 13, when I discovered these movies, I've just thought it's the most crazy, bizarre uh, kind of movie style ever. And the older I get, the more I realise, actually, it's, it's kind of quite distasteful as well. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's quite horrific. But um, I love it. So this is a thrill. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You hit it on the head. No, that was it. It's it's funny. It's funny as we age. You know, it does ha- it does read differently too. You know, so it's great. Well, when you're a kid, when you're a kid, it's and there is you know, and I got into Bruce Lee at like eleven, and and obviously there is a finite number of movies. So you you, you want to hunt down as much as you can that's connected yep. with Bruce. And so when I'm twelve, thirteen, and I'm watching these movies, and you're seeing in a lot of them, the actual corpse of Bruce Lee in that mm. um, open coffin the open casket at 12 13 you kind of think oh look that's cool there's there's dead bruce lee 45 year old me is going wait a minute that is weird that they're just whacking in footage of you know actual an actual corpse in these movies and yeah um, it's true and what's even more terrifying is there was a i think we talked about this once before there's a poster and it was for i think it's ron van cleef's the way of the black dragon i think is which one it was that was released with a shot of Bruce Lee actually on the uh, autopsy table, they Whoa. took a picture, put it on the poster, and then later the the you know they they removed it you know quickly I'm sure but yeah it's pretty it's it, you're right exactly when you're a kid it's like wow and as you're adult you're like wow <laughs> and I I cannot think it feels to me a very um uh, I hope this doesn't come across as, as as racist but it feels to me a very Chinese genre you know if you mm-hmm. if you go to china there are lots of knockoff things there you know there are mm-hmm. knockoff playstations and knockoff bags and you, you, very and it just seems to me such a, a a unique thing i can't think of any other maybe you guys have thought of this but i can't think of any other genre of film like this where it is the 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 the, the money the thing making the money has died how can we still make money out of it oh let's just use his name and people who look a little bit like him and crank out some movies of varying quality yeah they didn't skip a beat <laughs> no no they didn't and and as we talk about a little bit some of these even started while bruce was still alive you know so oh, yeah. wow yeah well okay so um that's excellent uh the movie that we're going to talk about so i'm going to jump back to your um charlie and the chocolate factory reference yeah, okay. instead of giving you a golden <laughs> ticket we're going to give you a ticket made out of yellow jumpsuit with black stripes <laughs> on it <laughs> 
We're here to talk about the 1975 Goodbye, Bruce Lee, his last game of death, starring Bruce Lai and directed by um, Bing Lin, I think. Or you, Michael, you'll correct me there. And I love this one, You've Taught Me. They also uh, credit a Harold Schwartz, who has never done another movie, so I think it's just the add-on of a, of a Western Jewish name. The, the edit, well, it's usually the editor. It's like Jim Mac, Makowitz on uh, The Real Bruce Lee. You know, he did the editing, so he took the original film, truncated it, released it, and he became a director. Perfect. Well, so Ian, um, you, you, know, you brought this one up to us. Oh, uh, I already man. know how you feel about it. So I, I, in uh, my notes I, here, I have, I, this is one of Ian's favorites. Why don't you get us started with that? This is my revenge for you guys dissing... <laughs> Um, exit the dragon, enter the tiger, which I think is a masterpiece. I hated you then, but uh, I apologise. I've not seen this film for thirty years, and um, so I was about fifteen when I last saw it, and I had all these these. I had a Betamax video, so I had to get all these hooky wow. copies of all these movies because everyone had VHS, the great VHS Beta Wars of the eighties, and. Um, I'd forgotten how bad this film is. This is this is uh, for a start, and we'll get to the, the 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 plot that makes no sense, and they kind of drop the plot halfway through. But this is a dull movie, man. This this you know there are some good bits in it. There are some good fight, a few good fights in it. Um, some really interesting characters. Uh, but I found watching this again, and I remember as a kid watching it and thinking. This is really boring. You know, it's it's quite ploddy. There's there's just a fight, then he goes around a the corner, then there's another fight, then he goes around a the corner, there's another fight. And um, yeah, I found it a little bit dull. So I apologize to both of you for making you sit through <laughs> we, this. We embrace it all. We embrace good. The, the good, the bad, and the ugly here. And Because like we said, it's sort of all leads into a, a larger discussion for us about what this whole genre is about yeah. in any way. So it's all good. But I enjoyed watching it again. It was great revisiting. The great thing about these movies is it does take me back to being 14, 15 years old. I kind of remember where I was. I remember where my head was at. So I, I enjoyed watching it. But, um, yeah, it was it was hard work. Well, that leads me to the classic question, uh, Michael. When did you first see this and what do you think? Well, very much like, like Ian was saying, I, you know, I saw, you know, obviously Under the Dragon when I was a kid. And so... Everything you're looking for at this point is you're not really sure that Bruce Lee only made four point, you know, three movies. Right. So you're out looking for everything that he's done. And this is again was I was getting caught up in this hype of this. You know, they, they when they first released this, it was to and it's the first one to do this, to take Game of Death before it came out mm-hmm. and get the audience to think that's what's um, you know, that's what's coming is this is Game of Death. And and so I saw this. I actually filmed it with a Super 8 camera. I went into the wow. theater and pulled out my Super 8 camera and filmed, well, not the whole movie, obviously, that would have been too expensive, but I filmed a, a little chunk of the fight scenes on Super 8. But I, I was caught up <laughs> thinking it was Game of Death as well. So, um, But I saw it at the St. Francis Theater in San Francisco, and, and I, I, as a kid, went back and saw it a second time. You know, uh, I know originally it came out in, in 76, um, and, uh, you know, it was running alongside like taxi driver, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in the wow. theaters on a double bill, you know, but, uh, it's a good, good, good double bill, but uh, it did well for itself when it first came out. But yeah, that was my first experience seeing it. 
I because uh, I've never seen any of these um, movies in a in a cinema. You know, in the eighties in the UK, these weren't getting shown anywhere. Certainly not anywhere that a right. 13, 14 year old guy boy could go. So a lot of watching these films was um, uh, going into the local video store, and they just had a huge martial arts section. You know, just amazing stuff. And getting stuff because it had the word Bruce in the title. So a lot of these films were seen on my own. Um, but a few of them were revisited when I was in college. So maybe when I was 20, 21, with a group of people. You know, there'll be four or five of us with some beers and some food and kind of taking the, the mickey out of these things a little bit and, and watching these films. But I never... I love hearing your stories about seeing them in a cinema with, with an audience because I imagine... Well, I, I can tell it's a completely different experience well yeah and as, as a matter of fact and i've talked to matthew about this a few times it hadn't dawned on me until just a couple of years ago when tarantino was showing uh, the real bruce lee and um or no he was showing actually exit the dragon enter the tiger yes and soul brothers of kung fu that they were his prints and he was screening them at the new beverly and so i went and I realized up to that point, a lot of people come to me and say, hey, what, what kind of, you know, what Bruce exploitation film do you recommend? Or, you know, what Kung Fu movie, whatever. And you usually go, you know, give them a title, uh, you know, Exit the Dragon of the Tiger or whatever. And then they come back and go, yeah, that was weird, man. Or that was, oh, you know, whatever the reaction is. Yeah. But I, and I kind of thought, God, nobody, maybe was it just because I was a kid or what was it? But then when I went to, to the screening at the New Beverly and you're around a crowd and there's the cheering and the awing and the I can't believe they just did that and they yell and that is exactly what I remembered as a kid being in this you know usually it was a half filled theater with out of work you know uh, males half half of them were asleep and they just wake up when uh, Philip Coe was breaking somebody's neck and go yeah get him you know and that, <laughs> that was that was sort of the the experience but it is exactly what you just said is that when you and I just went to um portland actually with matthew we went to see the uh, dragon the hero the dragon lee movie and you mm -hmm. go in there and he'll tell you because matthew goes there all the time when they screen these kung fu movies there and the place is packed with an audience to compare that to when you know us fans sit and watch it on our tv or our laptop or whatever there is absolutely zero comparison the yeah. experience mm -hmm. of feeding off of that frenzy makes these movies 20 million times better wow Fantastic. Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. I love it. Well, this starts with an awesome theme. <laughs> I mean, I'd say the theme is oh, better yeah. than the movie. Wait a minute. Now, Ian, does this theme use, do you use this theme on your show sometime? Yeah. Or is it I do. I do use it. Candy, um, he's the king of kung fu. But the, the best bit in that song, and it's a great song, and I remember even as a kid going, wow, this is great, is the whole, the whole but, 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 but Bruce Lee part. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> he really goes for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I looked out on the internet and I could only find him do it performing one other song and it was the song Kung Fu Fighting but in German <laughs> oh my god really that's oh, awesome terrible. there's all these German comments of these people just like oh my god you can't even understand him because you know German wasn't his native tongue but I, no I noticed the producers of the Candy album the Goodbye Bruce Lee um, it was a German company too so I think Candy just kind of found his, his people <laughs> He's German. It's a, it's a great theme. It's a great song. Oh, yeah. And it totally um, um, missteps you into thinking you're about to watch a fantastic movie. Yeah. It's, it lies to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll end up playing that theme at the end of this episode for all of you. There you don't, go. don't want to go out to YouTube and find it. But I found a really clean, like the album copy of it that has like the real intro, not the one from the, the film itself. So good stuff. 
Um, okay, so we get started right away. Um, I think they're just trying to show off Bruce Lai and how awesome he is. So it's showing him doing gymnastics and some girl watching it. Well, can I can I go back ever so slightly because the yeah. the thing that um, that I loved as well is the theme. Those opening titles mm-hmm. are just showing. They're showing a lot. It's funny you mentioned Candy being well, being released on a German label because in the opening titles you get lots of a European. Uh, shots of European magazines of Bruce Lee. And again, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure you must have been the um, same, Michael, but when I was a kid, th- there was one, you know, there was one or two kids that had all of these inside Bruce Lee and all these different magazine releases from around the world. And they were like treasure, you know, and we yeah. used to photocopy these and put photocopies up on our wall because we couldn't get anything. So those opening titles, um, A, those magazines look great. But B, again, it's that whole misleading thing of um, telling the audience, you're going to see Bruce Lee. This is this is Bruce Lee that's going to going to be coming up on your screens because, look, there's, we've got photos of him from a magazine. And it's such a real... Um, you know, it's it's smoke and mirrors. It's that misdirection thing that a lot of these films do of just kind of lying to you. Well, and I think you actually are, are touching on something that this film does in a very interesting way. And we'll go as we go through, we'll point yeah. it out, which is this idea of confusing the audience a lot, particularly those that are you know on the fence of really knowing who Bruce Lee was or where am I watching Bruce Lee, etc. And this goes back even to the trailer. Because there is a trailer of this film that exists that has Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the trailer. Wow. And if you, and if you listen to the, 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 the dialogue of the trailer, they say, Bruce Lee was working on this film when he died. So the idea is, or this film project, they say. So that, again, even back in the trailer, they were starting already to sort of confuse you to what you were about to go watch. Yeah. And, I, and as... as Matthew kind of goes through the first little beats here. I'll, I'll sort of point out a couple of things I thought were really interesting about how they do that in this film. On um, one note, um, this is available on Amazon Prime. It's a really nice copy. Um, and it has some trivia that I think it just pulls from the Internet Movie Database. But somebody threw in that the black boxer that we're going to talk about when we get to it, it was actually meant to be um, an image of a Muhammad Ali because that was the rumor at the time when this came out, which was only... You know, this was, came out before actual Game of Death, so I don't know how much footage was out there of Kareem, but I don't know. That would have been an interesting thing, uh, Muhammad Ali and Bruce Lee fighting each other in the pagoda. Well, I I got that he was Muhammad Ali because there's another black guy that he fights in the street, isn't there, who's supposed to be significantly taller than him. And I, inter- I know we're jumping all over the place, but I thought the guy he met in the street was kind of the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar mm-hmm. Ripoff, and then yeah, I got that that guy was you know I don't know Sonny Liston or Muhammad Ali, some kind of boxer. Yeah, except that he would like Muhammad Ali would ever be like, no more, no more, please, <laughs> just leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the gymnastics, I just thought that was interesting because we do realize that Bruce Lai was a was a badass. He was very fit, and you know he's showing it off. And this must have been somewhat early for him, Michael. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is definitely one of his earlier ones. This is what, what I usually look at as that sort of plotting Bruce Lai phase. You know, he hadn't quite tapped into where he got his choreography and movement down. And if you watch these first, you know, like half a dozen films, you know, like The Dragon Lives, etc., he's a lot more flat-footed and sort of, you know, just clunky with his fighting. But then, it's, I don't know, there was this weird shift in one year. It was like 1977 where he just turned into the badass that he was. Oh, he looks like a baby in this film, doesn't he? He looks so young. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. He's, this is one of his earlier ones for sure. And his meowing is terrible. 
<laughs> is meowing. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's just terrible. I'm like, really? What are you doing? Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, I think we're just jumping straight in because the first thing that happens is a fight, right? And for no good reason. It's just, we, we haven't done any of the plot yet. He's just walked, we just did gymnastics, he ran up some stairs, and now there's... Oh, there's some... that weird bit where, is this the fight where he's kind of like showing off to his girlfriend yeah. in, in the yeah. park, and she's like, hey, you're getting better every single day. It's like a weird, come on, watch me work out in the park, yeah, woman. Yeah, she does is watch him. <laughs> and if you watch the way those guys come into that shot, which is so funny, it's, it's like a close-up of him, and he's like smiling, and then all of a sudden the camera snap zooms back into a wide shot and these guys are like standing one foot away from him it's like how they just appeared there nobody noticed in this giant park i love it um yep yeah, so we for some reason i guess i don't really get why okay so it's bruce now we're actually like offering him the game of death movie the, the next bit of plot um didn't make a lot so of sense was, but that was was the, well was i interpreted it was that was the fight his audition to be to be Bruce Lee because at the end of the fight oh, they, right. someone says okay yes. fellas that was great yeah, that's and then it. he's being offered the, the role of Bruce Lee so I assume that was like some weird way of auditioning a, a guy by going and trying to beat him up in a park that's exactly what it was okay okay, and then so we, he isn't supposed to be Bruce Lee at this point he's supposed to be Bruce Lee taking the place of Bruce Lee correct he, yeah okay well cool um, so yeah that, that was just a little bit of an odd thing and now we get into the real plot so he's still well now well, okay. Oh, sorry. Where are you going? I'm oh, sorry. He, he stumbles upon an evil sailor-looking guy stabbing a Chinese dude in an alley. Well, hang <laughs> all right. On so, but yeah, we, we got we, we you. You're leaping. You're doing the leap, man. Okay. This is where. This is where. No, no, no. This is good because this is, I think, and Ian's probably about to touch on it too. This is where a lot of people get really confused in this yes. movie, which is part of the intention of it. And I will first step half a step back because when they're in that office. And there's this moment, and and I, I, I don't want to give it the credit of being so intentional, but there's a moment where you hear this guy, he's not even the guy that's talking to him, he's like another guy sitting in the room, and he says, you, you make a, you'll make a great second, Bruce Lee number two. And yeah. as he's saying it to Bruce Lai, there's this weird moment cinematically where they cut to a, a, a shot of Bruce Lai facing left to right, and then it quickly shifts to him facing right to left, back and forth, like it's saying, oh, yeah. this is Bruce Lee on the right, and this is Bruce Lai on the left. They do and it it's on exactly the phone this, later. It's exactly well, yeah. They do that. I think more as an yeah. You, when he's like saying your girlfriend's been kidnapped, and it's like this frenetic yeah tension. I think here it's almost like a moment of saying here he is on the left, here he is on the right, but it looks exactly the same. So when we confuse you later, it is Bruce Lee. You know, it's okay. just weird. Yeah. So, anyways, but um, but this is where it gets nuts because so the first twenty minutes is Bruce Lee. And they say, we, we think you're going to be the next Bruce Lee. You're great. Hey, why don't you come in and see this movie that Bruce Lee was filming before he died, but he didn't complete. And then we want you to complete it. And Bruce Lee's going, well, this could be a great career opportunity. So they go to a screening room to sit down to watch, you know, the game of death, I guess it's supposed to be. Um, so we're now, we're now a movie within a movie. But we never come out of that movie. At no point in the right. film does it then cut back to Bruce Lai going, hey, that looks great. Yeah, I think I'd like to finish that off. That That's it. We never see Bruce Lai and his girlfriend and that scenario ever again. There you go. You just hit on it. And I can tell you, if you... A lot of people do not get that. And I think it may be partly intentional. But this is where one movie ends, which is... 
actually with the title Goodbye Bruce Lee, His Last Game of Death now makes sense. It's almost like two titles mixed together because you have sort of two movies here. Yeah. Which is, in fact, in the Chinese version, if you ever see the Chinese version, it's a little bit longer. There's a little bit more buildup with the girlfriend trying to convince him to do the movie, et cetera, et cetera. But um, what happens is is exactly what Ian said. Is you, He says he sits down, they run the movie, and now from this point on, we're in this movie and we never go back to seeing that original character again. And there's a book called The Ultimate Guide to Martial Arts Movies of the 1970s. Great book by Craig D. Reed. And if you read the review of that of this movie in there, he says in the review, he goes, yet on his way home from signing the film's contract, you know, thinking it's the first Bruce Lee, Lee is duped into delivering a mysterious package. So even this guy that wrote the book thought it was going back to that Bruce Lee character. I definitely just said whatever and moved on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There you go. No, I, I was, this pissed me off. And I, was, I, I remember being pissed off as a kid and thinking... No, you've cheated. That's almost as bad as the whole thing being a dream. This, this, this is. I'm, I'm waiting for. So I was, I was pissed off with that. That was, that was naughty. Yeah, it was. Well, they're basically saying we're gonna, sh- we're just. This is game. They're hoping you're gonna think. Yeah. Oh, now we're watching Game of Death. You know? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, now we finally get <laughs> to the um, the odd, you know, uh, sailor-looking guy doing the what we what we don't know at the time is a fake stabbing, but whatever. It, it seemed really odd to me. That was one of those where I'm like, wait, what the hell is going on? Why is this guy getting stabbed? And, and it's a really odd scene because Bruce Lai is just running and running and running and yeah, taking him a really motion. long time to get there. And then, of course, he saves the day. Yeah, then, then like the whole thing was in slow motion. So with with the kind of choreography and sort of Bruce, Bruce Lai's moves at that point, it just sort of extended and plotted it along even more. <laughs> it was, yeah, funny scene. Okay, so the setup is, yeah, he, Please take this package um, to my, go give it to my wife or something like that. And the whole thing is this idea that he's getting duped into delivering the package because they know he kicks ass. And they know that if he tried to deliver the package himself, he'd get his ass kicked or something like that. <laughs> it worked. That dummy bought the whole story. <laughs> you know we ought to be movie stars. That was a great performance. <laughs> sure, our performance was great. And now, that stuff is safely out of OK's clutches. So what do you say? Let's drink to that. I'd, again, this is one of those plot bits. You kind of go, yeah, all right. Where so he has to, so they fake a stabbing so that he he goes to see this guy's wife who is apparently old but is wearing a wig, and then she says, "Oh, I've got to get this package of books to my son who's a student." And he goes, "Yeah, I'll do it for you. I'm I'm Bruce Lee. I'm cool." <laughs> and then he, but but there's there's no real reason. He doesn't seem to be in any real danger when he's off delivering that package. There's no reason why. And of course, it, it turns out it's not a package of of books. It's it's hooky money. <laughs> you know it's uh, it's very odd <laughs> but i've seen enough of these movies to not really question those kind of plot points you just have to go okay yeah fair enough they have the MacGuffin. it's on yeah. its way yeah it's a reason to start some fights so we have well, and that's where and, and that's where we had the uh kareem didn't we right there yeah. with, the, with the basketballs yeah yeah, yeah you got and it this, and, and, and michael this is because this was before this is like three or four years before, you correct me if I'm wrong, before Game of Death actually came out. Two, uh, no two one years, had, two years, yeah. Okay. And no one at that point really knew what the story was. They just knew that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in it. They knew that there was a tower and he fought different people. And so they were, I guess the filmmakers here were just guessing, you know, what 
it would be. And they thought, right, well, there's a tall black guy in it, so let's get a tall black guy and have him fighting. Yeah, it's interesting because, and we and um, Matthew and I talked about this in the last show, is that there are some things that took place in some of these films that were lifted actually from Bruce Lee's notes on mm-hmm. the story. So there was somehow some people knew at least some of the elements of what Bruce Lee was thinking about filming, even though he never got around to doing these these particular storylines or elements. Um, but you're right. I mean, generally it was like we don't know exactly what he shot. It was, in fact, it was um, even to this day there are people that still on the board say, oh no, there's tons more footage. He shot another 18 floors. You know, blah 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 blah. Um, but you're right. At the time there was a lot of guesswork, and then they were, you know, that's what they were playing off of. But they did know that Kareem was in it. So, like I said, they they at least in the U.S. trailer they stuck Kareem in uh, a little footage of him like in an interview. It wasn't even from the movie. It was just him sitting down talking. To, to imply he was going to be in this. Right. So that I think this character being in here spinning the box, it, it certainly is playing off of that. Yeah, the fights in this really bothered me, and I found myself um, moving through some of them because they just weren't realistic at all. Like, no hit really did any damage, and that's all the way up to the end. It's kind of like fighting doesn't really work. <laughs> Well, and this guy that he's the basketball guy smiles the whole time he's fighting him. He's never as cracks a you know a frown. He's just getting he's happy as hell to be getting beat up by Bruce Lai. Oh, that's awesome. Um, okay, well, the box was holding money. We find out, and uh, Bruce Lee has a brother, um, and the brother's gonna take the money instead. Like he, I think he wants him to take it to the police, and he's gonna go you know be a decoy and keep kicking ass out in the streets. And instead, his brother takes it to his girlfriend, which. Yeah, <laughs> she hides it. She gets a little horny, and um, the next thing she you gets know... <laughs> horny, and you think she's got a bottle of champagne, but oh no, it's classier than that. It's a champagne bottle that opens to be a cigarette holder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Such a seventies thing, man. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, now we're finally introduced to the the first big bad, I guess, um, because we have the bad scheming people with the money. But I love this guy, the dude with the big mustache and the red sweater. Who is he? He's 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 in some other films. I've seen him before, haven't I? Oh yeah, Exit the Dragon and Enter the Tiger, and he's in Bruce Lee's Superstar and uh, Bruce Lee against Superman. I mean, he, they, these guys did probably like eight movies together in one year. <laughs> What's his name? Right, Lung Fei. Okay, got him. Yeah, so I looked him up. He was in a ton of these. He's called um, Boss Fighter Kong. Boss K in the internet movie database stuff. So, uh, yeah, I went through, I go through any of them that I can click on and see what they're in. And I was stunned at how many movies this dude was in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got. Is, of, is he of, still around? Is Lung Fei still around? You know, I don't actually. Yeah, I think he actually is. I mean, he was only born in the 40s, so he's probably just in his 70s, you know. And But he's, you know, I mean, he's done uh, as an action director. He actually did. Um, he, he was actually the choreographer also on Exit the Dragon and the Tiger. So he did right, the action okay. scenes in that. Um, but, he, you know, he's, he was an actor all the way up until the 90s. I know that for sure. Wow. I saw he was in Good The One-Armed him. Swordsman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I love him. He was, he's just the best. I, I was excited to see him because I recognized him right away like you did, Ian. But, I, I, you know, we need Michael for those things. <laughs> you Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it's around this point, because I, I, I made notes as well. This was so much fun. Th- uh, honestly, what a thrill to do this. But um, that the stolen James Bond music starts kicking yeah. in as well. Oh, Live and Let Die, yeah. 
we get a little bit of that. There's a, there's a lot of Bond vamping. And I love it. You imagine now someone making a movie and saying that a dead actor was in it, a famous sports star is in it, and then just lifting music from, from more popular <laughs> it's, movies. It's incredible. I love it. I know. And that's why it's very... I, the only thing I can closely compare this to is the spaghetti westerns when they were yeah. trying to imitate eastwood but eastwood of course is you know still alive and well now you know so yeah it wasn't like you said where you had a, a person a celebrity that passed away um but the thing is uh, it, it, even in that case if you're somebody that's like hey i want to write a book or do a documentary on spaghetti westerns they still had composers you know i mean they still actually had ennio morricone doing the music where in this case they're just taking saturday night fever Rocky, James Bond, <laughs> Enter the Dragon. You know, they're just grabbing chunks of music and just throwing it in with, you know, the Devil's Gun or whatever they, whatever disco hit they find. You know, they're like the real Bruce Lee was, the, you know, it's, uh, it's just crazy. I love that. I love that throughout this, they have the one song that they did commission, the Candy song. Yeah, so it's they the best. To, so there was probably a point where they're like, well, let's bring back in King of Kung Fu again. They're like, we just did. It's like, all right, um, James Bond music. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just steal something, man. If we can't use the one song through the whole thing, we're gonna have to steal a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, now we meet uh, the subplot of the old dudes from the export company approaching him on the street. Oh man. Yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense. There's a point where I'm just like, ah, who who works for anybody? But now we, I think we figure out that the old guys actually work for uh, Boss K, right? More or less. More yes. or less. Okay. And then, yeah, the, the woman and the fake stabbed guy are uh, the opposing bad guys. And they kind of disappear, more or less, at this point. Um, yeah. your, uh, your, uh, your, uh, your, the question marks in your voice says it all for me. I, the, the plot, once the second big boss got involved, I kind of, I just had to switch off because I, I did not have a clue what was going on. <laughs> and then it turns out that one of the, bo- one of the evil men is... Bruce Lee's girlfriend's boss or something. I, I, I didn't have a clue yeah. at this yeah. point. I let this, the story just they, they wash just... over me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good way to put it. I love that. So, the brother's missing. Uh, no one can find him. Um, they they think, well, maybe he said his girlfriend's. It was really bad dialogue, this whole part written in. And you could tell that's not what the original stuff, you know. a lot of This movie, more than um, almost any other one I've watched... You could tell that they were just trying to make up. What do you think he was saying? I can't speak Chinese. Like, um, I don't know. He was just at the girlfriend's. Put that something in about the, the girlfriend's house. And they shake in their heads, you know. <laughs> it's funny. But, yeah, so he finally gets the call from Boss K, who I, in my notes, I call him Mustachio. And he says, bring me the money or else, right? Um, and did I miss the other scene? Or is it coming where the old dude... Is no, that's coming. Yeah, it's coming up because there's the boss K mustachio, but then there's the old dude, the really old dude that pushes the right. plot on. Yeah, okay, and yeah. Anyway, we get some more street thugs, which is really out of the blue. This is I thought maybe it was at night and he was on his way to his brother's house, but this is that time out in the street, which I do. I love those old old uh, the footage of these these small town streets. You know, in Asia, it's it's great. But yeah, so they all come up. They start fighting him in the street. He sends his girlfriend inside, and then they hear some cop sirens, and the cops never come or anything. But it chases him. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so old dudes come back. They say the money's theirs. You know, um, yeah. It was this whole part. I'm just like I'm getting a little bit glazed over, waiting for the next big thing to happen. 
we finally meet the next big boss, which is the old guy. And I guess he works with the mustachio guy. Oh, man. And he says, the money's mine. We're going to kidnap your girlfriend. Bruce calls his girlfriend, says, get the hell out of there. He's going to kidnap you. <laughs> and is Now, Bruce's girlfriend in this, did she play one of the hookers in... She looks like one of the hookers in Big Boss, but no, it couldn't have been because they were real hookers, weren't they? She looks really familiar. Yeah, she... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. She's not one of the girls. Um, I, this girlfriend's uh, oh, what's her name? Um, oh, I'm blanking on her name. I know who. Yeah, she's she's done a few. You've seen her in a few of these films. I might right, even think okay. of it while we're talking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, she's she's definitely interesting. I mean, she just has to keep playing the same wiggling. Like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, she's hot, man. She's hot. Yeah. And it was nice to see her in this movie. <laughs> Time travel, baby. <laughs> um okay so finally um he just like okay fine whatever i'll you know I, I, he doesn't even say anything like it just hangs up the phone he says see I, I just need the money back whatever he heads outside and this was the whole setup it's time to fight team number one <laughs> so a couple guys in the in the hallway a couple guys waiting outside and a lot of posturing in this one not a lot of fighting there's a point where he actually um, in a slapsticky way, kind of goes towards what this one dude and makes him trip on the sidewalk and fall down. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah, at one point he runs away, and the you know, old man says, "Hey, don't worry about chasing him because the next fight's coming in just a second, and it's at a playground." So I think it was really all of this was a big setup for the playground fight, which is one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah, this was yeah. the good fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's dude a great with the stick. The playground was cool. So much white clothing. I'm just I kept, yeah. I kept thinking you're never getting those stains out now. Every time you roll it <laughs> on your back, you're just gonna have to throw those away, Bruce. Um, he comes back to see his house has been ransacked. Uh, the best thing in the world happens now. He finally gets the phone call, and I just love this with all my heart. If you ever want to see your girlfriend again, come to the Tower of Death. <laughs> Right, the, the, the fact that there is a tower of death in the town, that and everyone knows it by name, that is exactly. fucked up, he isn't says, it? He says, I'll push her off of it. But, you know how tall the tower of death is. <laughs> it's the tower but of the, death. Yeah. If you ever want to see your fiancé again, you'd better come to what? the tower of death now. Huh? And don't forget to bring that money. The tower of death? Quite right. And you'd better hurry. Otherwise, I'm afraid we'll have no choice but to push her off the top of the tower. You know how high that tower is. I don't think you'll like the looks of her after she lands. Oh, and by the way, we've got your brother here, too. He told us you had the money. You don't want anything to happen to him now, do you? We'll be waiting for you. You'd better be there before nightfall. Goodbye, Mr. Lee. And the way they, but what's so funny about the way they do it is he says it's the Tower of Death, and Bruce Lai goes, The Tower of Death? Like, what is that? And then he just goes, Be there, ha ha, click. And you're like, <laughs> Where is this freaking thing? I don't know. You know. And there is that weird psychedelic thing that Matthew pointed out, the camera flicking all yeah. over the place during that phone call. But just to go back ever so slightly, because his brother and his, his brother's girlfriend had the money, but they they disappear. Is, is the assumption that the, the brother's girlfriend stole. The money after she got horny. I think so. I think she stole it because he, yeah, the place is cleaned out, including the closet. But the brother is still in play. You don't see him again until the last right. second of the film when he brings in the police, right? Because that, that was yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, so he, okay. Bro's still out there. Girlfriend, the money never comes back. And the Jesus. money becomes the money becomes nothing, right? Like, yeah. that was the thing. And then it's just like, okay, how about this is the plan instead? Instead of you giving me the money, I want you to fight all of these people on the different <laughs> levels of the pagoda. And if you get to the top, you're free. But if you don't, we're still going to push her off the Tower of Death. Yeah, and also if you get to the top, you won't actually be free. And we're still going to try and push her off the... You know, whatever happens, you're screwed. And someone's going to get pushed off the top. But yeah, yeah when they mention... And when they get to the Tower, right? I, I've written down here, this is the shittest Tower ever. <laughs> it is, you know, even by Hong Kong or Chinese movie standards, the inside of the Tower and the... the you know, when you look out of the window... That is awful, man. <laughs> it's it's this it's one of the things I always laugh about in this movie. It is so clearly not only a set, but the if you look and if you've got a good enough quality of the film to look, you can see the seams on the on the uh, backdrop outside. <laughs> you can actually see the lights coming popping through because they've drew the background in. Yeah. It is so badly done. <laughs> it's so and he's what's so funny too is that. Every time he goes upstairs, he's just coming right back to the same floor again, you know, over yeah. and over. Yeah, they've got one floor, and it's just he goes up, cut, and set, reset at the bottom of those stairs, and come back up. And uh, those, okay. those stairs don't even go anywhere; they just kind of go. Like a, <laughs> take her up that and ecstasy this, trip. You know, we are now so familiar with, um, and a few years later, we'll become so familiar with how the game of death inside of the tower looked and the kind of the format it would take these guys like as you, you say michael they were just making it up they knew there was a tower they kind of knew it was in a pagoda pagoda what does that look like okay and they just kind of made it up i suppose right no and, and that's a good point because the set design in this is very different than obviously bruce lee's but if you watch some of the later stuff like enter the game of death with bruce lee and and uh, the true game of death which we we watched as well. They they've actually designed the interior to look more like the way Bruce Lee had it in the film. Where here you've got these, where he had these like um, kind of square slats that go to the window, and there was yeah. a certain way the rooms look. Here they're circular. They've got a different design. I mean, the only thing they had right was the tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the only thing you could do in this pagoda is um, a little close quarter fighting and climbing to the top to push somebody off. Maybe that's where it got its name. Yeah, and, and again, you know, you've got this, this is what's so amazing to me about this, and I used to always think this about Bruce Lee's films, to be, on, to, to be honest with you, because when you looked at the footage that Bruce Lee had shot and cut what he was planning on, and I know making films, you know, you go back and you chop things down all the time, but if you were to have taken what he did put together, or what was meant to be put together, like when you look at John Little's uh, Warrior's Journey or, or the other one um, that they put out where they cut it all together... And you look at the length of it and you think to yourself, well, wait a minute, this is like 40 minutes. If you cut it all together, how long was this movie going to be? And it's the same thing with this, which is this fight scene starts at about 51, 52 minutes into the film. And then it goes on for 27 minutes. It's a third of the movie's length is this tower scene. Yeah, wow. You know, now now, now it's one thing if like you're doing, like giving it to John Wick, you know, or something and giving him a half hour straight of an action sequence would probably be pretty killer. But here when you <laughs> you take a 27 minute constant fight scene with, you know, it's just that uses up a 30 year movie on these guys. It's not quite the most thrilling uh, of action. Yeah, this was not the old boy hallway scene. <laughs> yeah, old boy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so the, um, the bottom of the tower, we have the the talk with everybody. <laughs> We've heard enough now. 
Why don't you grow up and face reality? We mean business, you know. Even though you won't cooperate with us, we'll be big-hearted and offer you two choices. What kind of choices? If you can fight your way up to the top of the tower, your girlfriend can go home with you. And the other choice? I told you on the phone. You stay where you are, we'll go upstairs and throw Miss Lou from the tower. It's a very high tower. Of course, you're always welcome to wait at the bottom and try to catch her. No, save yourself. You know, this is the part where I really was just like, they're just making this dialogue up because they keep pointing right. at each other and stuff. But we get our first fight uh, in the tower, which is the shirtless mm. brothers. That's right. Yeah. The, the two shirtless kung fu guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll lead you to, if you know any of these people, you just let me know. So, but yeah, we had the shirtless brothers that, and that kind of goes on a while. Um, fine, we get to a samurai, which I got, I got really excited about. Now, the samurai is somebody. Right? Hey, hang on a minute. Yeah. I don't know if the shirtless brothers were in the version I saw. Oh, I don't remember. There were two dudes he was fighting. Yeah, yeah, those guys. Maybe I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back to. I watched it on YouTube. Maybe it was just such a, a, a an inconsequential fight that I didn't. Um, it didn't they, register. To they me. were kind of blocking him from being able to leave. And it was like facilitating the the bad guys getting to the staircase. To start okay, maybe, the girl yeah, up. okay. Yeah. You know the yeah. YouTube version. I looked at that one, and um, it was so defeating because it was like um, an hour and forty minutes, and I'm like, what the hell? You know, I watched <laughs> uh, I watched a lot of that one, but then I realized they did that classic thing where they append the movie to the end of the movie. Well, part of it they'll put like the first. 20 minutes of the movie on the end of the movie to make it look like it's longer so you'll choose that one on youtube yeah mm. oh you know? yeah i yeah I, that's what i did that's the version i i've got the the shirtless brothers do you know what i think i may have um gone and made a cup of tea while that was on <laughs> <laughs> because... uh, you missed you missed nothing oh, yeah no i'm i'm watching it now and um but what's brilliant because we know that Bruce Lai is brilliant, right? We know that he's a brilliant gymnast and he's a brilliant martial artist, and and, and he's done some incredible fight scenes. But uh, these fight scenes, you, as you said earlier on, they're, they're not great. They're lousy. There's you can see the feet aren't connecting with the head. You know, they're yeah. they're not shot great. Um, and it does. I'm watching the fight now, and it does look like they're almost going one, two, three. You know, very, in that counting the rehearsed. Move. So, um, yeah, I might have gone and made a cup of tea during this bit. <laughs> okay, we get and I don't want to, I just want to say, I don't, I, you know, I didn't choose this film so I can go, hey, these films are crap. I genuinely, genuinely, and you guys know because I've been, spoken to both of you, I genuinely love these films. You know, I really, really do. And I love them because I think they're great films. You know, they're fun to laugh at to a certain extent. But I just want to flag up, I didn't choose this so we can all go, hey, this film is shit, you know, and because I, I just forgotten that this was not a great movie but the but I, I love the genre but this is not a great example and ian you have time to pick another one we'll definitely do it for sure oh, you know this I'll, is I'll i mean i love one. the fact that we're doing one that's terrible good. like this okay. so it gives us a chance to talk about it okay good and cool. i would not put this at the bottom of the barrel either no 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 we've seen a yeah there's yeah there's some <laughs> that's true and again i i i've what for me as as now as a a person who loves these films, grew up on these films, and makes films myself. I, what I I enjoy about them is actually looking past this sort of story half the time, you know, and seeing these elements that we we've been talking about, you know. So I think there's a lot of interesting points to this film that maybe they're not fully entertaining, but yeah. they're certainly interesting, you know. Oh God, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. 
All right. Well, the samurai makes this um, this tower. Li Chang. Li Chang. Okay. Yeah. yeah he. Yeah. It, it was just great. I, this part is so weird. The sound effects for the swords clashing was weird as hell. But this was the f- well, not the first time. This one I didn't realize up to this point in the film that Bruce was a magician and he could oh, yeah. phase <laughs> out of time and space. That was weird. He's good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. So the, well, it's the a what weird, I'm talking it's about. a weird old it's a weird scene because it keeps freeze framing. And yeah, go, go on, the, the, Matthew, the, the the bit where he yeah, just keeps ducking pop, down. There's like a pop goes the weasel effect happening, but then it gets <laughs> then it zooms back out so you can see what's happening. And Bruce is actually just disappearing and then reappearing behind him like he has the ability to transport himself. So he's yep. sneaking up behind the samurai who's trying to chop his head off, and it was—it's jarring. I mean, if you have epilepsy, you might have an attack at the scene. Yeah, if you didn't already from that last shot. <laughs> right. Okay. Anyway, the samurai—that was—that was something else. Pop goes the weasel. Um, third uh, was the just a big dude with a mustache. So I'm assuming that you know it was one of those when they were casting that like. Do we have anybody like Bolo? And they're like, no, but, you know, well, Jim's I, really big. I read yeah. him as, um, who's the, is it Wong in Sick, the guy in Game of Death? Right. The, the, the Hapkido. The, correct. Yeah, I, I kind of, he looked similar to me, you know, in outfit and. Oh, know, yeah, I'm like sorry, was, you know, it's Hanyan J. Sorry, I'm thinking of um, Wong and Sick does, does a lot of these. Hanyan J was right. the, the one from the yeah, app, correct? Right. Okay. Actually, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of assumed that it was a rip off of him, but I maybe giving them too much credit. I don't know. It was pretty bad. The fourth fight was interesting because it was a westerner, and he's just growling and being like a, I don't know, a cat or a gorilla or something. Yeah, I mean, I get- at this point, I think they're just trying to give him, like, varied opponents. Like, obviously, they're not necessarily trying to mimic, you know, Game of Death anymore, because we're already, like, quadrupling our opponents anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Bob's case says at the end, oh, right, you defeated, like, masters of these different styles from across the world. And I just thought, where did they find Western Growling Man? Like... <laughs> Well, I, I read him as either... I'm watching it now, and actually some of the moves look a little bit like wrestling moves. So maybe yeah. he's a wrestler. Or I, I just had him as like a crazy man, you know, like a sort of wild <laughs> man, because he does just make bear grabs. But I, I remember watching this and thinking, well, why don't they just put all of the fighters on the same floor? <laughs> and if he's That's only not just how this works, Ian. now... I know, I know. But put them all together and have them... But, yeah, maybe it's wrestling. It looks like he's trying to do some wrestling. You moves. know, you're right. In the Internet Movie Database, his name is Robert Curver, and he's he's uh, listed as fighter, wrestler, grappler, leg fighter. Okay. Right, which is not him. He's actually, they've just completely confused him with somebody else. <laughs> Robert Curver is in some of these movies. He's a white guy, but it's not that guy. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so fake Robert Curver. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we so racist. Be. Just saying that all these white actors look the same—that's outrageous. Totally, like, yeah. they're like he has chest hair. That's Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> Put him in there, make him growl. That's awesome. Okay, fifth floor, uh, a swami with a ninjaku, <laughs> and and um, blackface as well. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's he's, uh, he's he's made to look Indian, and I'm just watching that wonderful. Uh, meditative eyes closed and he's hopping around with his crossed legs that's nuts <laughs> it was yeah pretty- that's chai hong yeah he's he's been around he's been around you'll see him in a lot of old shaw brothers films and he's been around forever but he's good he's a he's a that's a really cool fight i like that 
Yeah, he's a good character. He's a good, you know, he's got a lot of, <laughs> it's a, and it's an, and I did, and you do notice that the new chakras weren't quite the matching new chakras. No, I did notice yeah. they weren't yellow. And this is one of my pet peeves. Um, Bruce taught me that ninchakus kick ass. When you get hit in the head with that, you're done. You know, look at like anytime he used them, pretty much. And this is just like another one we watched where he's whapping that dude, and not, it's not really doing anything. He may as well just use a fist, and it would be probably more effective, at least in the beginning. The guy yeah, right, does right. give up his nunchuckers very, very easily in yeah. that fight, and um, and it, it's a weird technique. I, I I don't know, Michael. I know you are a martial artist, so perhaps you can explain. He seems to kill him by hitting him with the ends of the nunchaku in his stomach. Is that is that a recognised martial arts technique? Is that, are there <laughs> yeah. pressure points there? Yeah, they they actually titled it the goodbye Bruce Lee technique. <laughs> they, uh, I think yeah, I think the you know the idea was obviously that he's hitting a pressure point on the swami that's probably you know vulnerable and it's just shutting him down. You know, <laughs> he's just. But I, I yeah, it was it's they were running out of ideas how to kill these guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is why we finally get to um, our Muhammad Ali, whatever you want to call it, sixth floor. Uh, and he's it's hilarious hey son you want to fight yeah <laughs> come on over here son um and that, what was so funny about that is uh once bruce started getting the upper hand he started saying the same kind of crap <laughs> yeah right he turned <laughs> it on you want to fight oh that was good um a great ending for that because um our black american boxer is meant to seem like just the weakest guy he doesn't get his ass kicked he actually cowers down and says please don't hit me anymore Right. That's right. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know, but there is this sense of definitely still here in the, the, the mid early 70s, you know, this you know Chinese nationalism. And right. we're sort of like, let's show let's show these white guys that normally think they're so tough that we'll we'll turn them into mush, you know. <laughs> yeah. So they go down somewhere in Taiwan and some local, uh, you know, uh, YMCA and found a couple of these guys and put them in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so finally up to the seventh floor, and we have what I call the Disco Whipper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well Disco Whipper. Yeah, he's got well a whip. Yeah, no, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, he's the um, the Muhammad Ali actually said, hey, fight me like a man, put down your nunchaku. So he throws him over to the side and fights normally. And then as he's going up the stairs to the seventh floor, he grabs him. So I'm, thought, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be good. We're going to get another fight. But pretty much right away, the, the guy whips the nunchaku out of his hands and uh, just keeps you know whipping 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 now that this is actually bosque is the and he just looks so stylish i i liked his uh his wardrobe um and that really was odd because the whip goes away and then the fight it gets kind of slow motion it goes on forever it goes yeah. outside they do the thing where i'm holding him and i'm gonna throw him over the edge and he's gasping and then he does it to me it's like very much it's actually it's a it's a cool fight long fei is uh, the the actor he's he's a great fighter man he's throwing some brilliant kicks yeah yeah no he is he's been i mean the guy's definitely got i mean he's not as maybe finesseful as some of the some of the other fighters yeah. but he's he's certainly experienced this guy he looks awesome I love him. Yeah. Yeah. I would be scared of him if he came up and wanted to fight me. I'd be like, please don't leave me alone, Boss K. <laughs> don't, hit, don't hit me with your mustache. Don't hit me with that mustache, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, Bruce does the de super death punch. He does a, a Wing Chun style, boom, 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 you know, eight shots in the guy's stomach because the stomachs where these uh, goodbye Bruce Lee pressure points are. Um, that's pretty much the end of him. Finally, Broke comes back in. 
with some cops says it's those guys over there girlfriend runs over gets untied that's that's pretty much it the theme plays again he's the king of kung fu yeah yeah there you go yeah, and the cops usually in these movies have to show up at the end. I mean, I mean, literally, I, I think when I say have to, I think there is an, a certain um, regulation regarding you know how they 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 do. Like even with every Bruce Lee movie, watch them. The cops always yeah. show up at the end, and and uh, even when I think when the Chinese ver- with the Game of Death, Klaus's version. You know, the guy, Dean Jagger, falls off the roof, hits the ground, the movie ends. But I think in the Chinese version of that, they tacked on a scene where the police showed up again oh, at the end. Oh, wow. I think it's maybe, yeah. if that's true, it's probably, you know, because this does seem so lawless all the time. And you'd be horrified to go there. They want to let you know that the police really are still there and, you know. Yeah, I think there is an element to that. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I I actually am pretty sure that's the case. I'm just not sure what the I don't know if it still holds true or what the regulation is, but it's very consistent <laughs> with these movies. I'd love that if they did that with westerns. You get to like the end of the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and you know, final shootout, <laughs> the and then suddenly, <laughs> yeah, suddenly the marshal shows up and locks everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, awesome. Um, that, and of that, course, no, no return, no return to the screening room, no return to Bruce Lai, no, right. you know, that original plot of him going, yeah, well, do you know what? I think I'd like to finish this movie. There's nothing of that, and um, that just makes it all the more insane. It I, does, and and maybe you know the element of that could be if you had returned back to that and said, oh, that was a great movie. I don't want to do it, and walks off into the sunset with his girlfriend. That would have been great, you know. And then gets the <laughs> shit kicked out of him. Yeah, I think it's beat up. I want the after credits on this to be the girlfriend is like covered in diamonds and like bathing in champagne, and that's just it. Like she won the money; she's the yep. real winner of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smoking cigarettes out of her champagne bottle thing. <laughs> oh well, Michael, do you have any news you want to share? Uh, no, no, just, you know, it's, uh, regarding this film, it's kind of interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm buying some 35 millimeter film prints from this guy and, and I'm, I'm picking up, um, some, some films that are really hard to, to find widescreen or have never been released that I've seen because I really want to try and restore them and, and I'm working with some, uh, distribution companies to get them out there and, 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 you know, just to have for screening purposes, you know, I just, there's something nostalgic too about just having, uh, actual film prints that were, you know, used in theaters in the 70s oh, yeah. and the 80s. But what's on the note about this thing is that he had two. He he wrote to me and we were because I was asking about some titles and I picked up a, about a half dozen of them. And he goes, um, I wanted to ask you. He goes, What are the two different versions of Goodbye Bruce Lee? And I go, What do you mean? He goes, Well, I've got because he doesn't have a projector, so he's like looking at it with his you know magnifying glass and he's telling me he's pulling out the beginning of two different and he's seeing different clips so clearly there was another version wow. and, and they're all english his his stuff is all english so it's not like the chinese versus the the english dub so he's he he was sort of validating that there might be another american edit which i i was pretty sure there was like they had put something out and this happens a lot with these where they test the waters they throw something out they stick some bruce lee footage in or whatever and then suddenly like lawyers start showing up and they go cut it out cut it out cut it out (laughs) and then they go back and and release another you know version of it that's what happened when we with the the dragon lives remember um the first one we what wasn't the first one we did but it was the first episode of the um of the bruce lee biography series that you and i did 
I have uh, the lawsuit that was filed with the Bruce Lee estate against the, the film producers for the way the family was portrayed in that movie. So they would run into these problems a lot. In fact, we are, I can probably say, the, say this, there's, you guys know the real Bruce Lee, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, that came out, well, there is a version of the real Bruce Lee that exists that has some Bruce Lee footage in it that never made it to the theaters because they had to cut it out before they released it. Like, it's got all the childhood footage and it's got, um, you know, the pictures and stuff that they put in there. But they actually had some other footage of him in there. And I, I mean, want to say some of it was the um, screen test he did for the Green Hornet and some wow. other things yeah. that were for, they were forced to take out of it. But we did find that print. So we're working on trying to get the actual wow. first time only, you know, I mean, you know, getting it released on Blu-ray. So anyways, oh, but the, 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 yeah, so it's it's kind of funny how these films progressed, particularly back in the 70s and the the, the grindhouse days and and uh, how they, the, the, you know, the, the legalities would come along and, and change up the versions because they would try to sneak stuff in or say things or do things that were, as we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, highly inappropriate <laughs> Well, listen. I'm not going to let him get get away with this, Matthew. I'm I'm going to ask him, Michael. When the hell is your documentary coming out? And when the hell is the book coming out? Come on, man. Well, the book is on me because the book the the book has been my 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 responsibility. But the documentary has kind of in the hands of the editors with okay. with our, our distribution company. The book's actually now in in the hands of the copy editor. They're just going through a change in the. Uh, Making sure I didn't misspell Dragon Lee's name a couple of times or something. So, but I'm I'm glad I waited. I mean, I've been working on it for six years, and it's it's been hard because you know I'm doing movies and I'm coming back and trying to work on this. But the the reason I'm glad I waited is because I've had the opportunity now to go back to Hong Kong and Taiwan and Korea a few times and Brilliant. meet with all these people and talk with them and Lee So Nam and Bruce Lai and Dragon Lee and all the rest of them. And so now I get to put that in the book. You know, some of it's going to end up in the documentary as well, but I got to include the book, so it just made it that much better. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to get it off the plate, but I think everybody's going to dig it because it's. Uh, oh, we can't I'm wait, excited. man! The fans yeah. can't wait, so oh, just I'm let us know. Well, awesome. Well, Ian, um, so I want to just throw it out there. Um, I love uh, uh, logging into YouTube and and watching your nightly show. <laughs> yeah. I pop in pretty often, but I'm, I'm, I, you know, I don't always call in. But um, talkradio.co.uk. Um, also on YouTube, yeah. every Monday through Friday, ten to one Brit time. So usually yeah. here on the on the best coast, uh, it's about four, three or four o'clock in the afternoon. I can I start drinking and I I come in and I chat with all your crazy fans out there. It's, but it's always a thrill when you pop best. up in the chat room, man. So thank you. And it's a very silly, psychedelic, esoteric, you know, late night phoning show and. If, if you want to phone in from around the world, we call you back and we, we Skype as well. So it's it's all good, man. Everyone's welcome. Yeah, that's, that's I was cool. just going to say that. Call. I want to hear more episodes where where, uh, where our listeners call you up and, and oh, uh, yeah. get, Bruce, get some Bruce Lee conversations going. Definitely. Yeah, call Always up, welcome. man. Get them going. Get them going. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, honestly, it's such a thrill talking to you, too. I think that your show is absolutely superb. You're doing God's work. Uh, and, you know, what an honor to be part of it. Thank you very much indeed for asking me. Oh, we love having you. And, and just you you figure out what that next movie is and we'll do it in a couple, you know, a few weeks, a month or two or down the line. We'll get one for you. We'll, we'll do it. Definitely. Well, thank you, Ian. And uh, thank you, Michael, uh, as always. Uh, until next time. He's the king of kung fu. He's the king.
He sure knows how to fight for his defense In starting all his limbs the tents Power glistens in his eyes He strikes terror with his cries He's the king of kung fu With a fingertip sensitivity His kung fu courage set in motion Is a massive dynamic explosion Power fills his eyes as he strikes Terror with his cries uh! He's the king of kung fu him into what he is, made him a powerhouse that fights to live, his iron muscles threaten destruction, there's no fighter that could touch him, the king is no 